Mindfulness Mode 66. I think being spiritual is more about allowing than seeking. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for joining us. As appreciation for listening, I have a meditation infographic for you called Calm Your Busy Mind. This download focuses on breathing, exercise, and mantras. Get your copy at mindfulnessmode.com slash calm, C-A-L-M. You're listening to Mindfulness Weekends with Bruce Langford, featuring psychic genius Melissa Mattern today. So today we're going to be talking about spiritualism. And I find this is a really interesting topic to discuss in combination with mindfulness, because, of course, mindfulness and spirit really go together. Now, I was a church music director for many years and loved doing that. And through that, of course, I met a lot of ministers, priests, a lot of people who worked within the church. And a number of years ago, there was a minister I was able to sit down with and we spent some time talking. And I said to him, I'm just curious, what does the Holy Spirit mean to you? What is what is that about? And so we talked about the Holy Spirit and what he took from that, what his feeling was. And he said, you know, I think the Holy Spirit is just being connected to God. It's what you feel when you're connected with God. And he said, I think that God sends us that spirit as an expression of his love for us. And I thought that's really interesting. And it is interesting talking to different people about their views and their thoughts, whether they're from different religions, whether they do not believe in religion, whether they don't believe in spirit. I just really enjoy talking to a lot of people about this topic. I have a quote here. It's by David Cunliffe. Let not what you fear guide you but the infinite potential of your spirit and source. So let that guide you. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, because I found that so many people do, I don't know if they let fear guide them, but they feel as though they have no choice. That this fear or this this thing that is out there is just forcing them to do a certain thing. Now, I remember my grandfather Seymour He was a very religious man. He really believed in spirit. I think he was probably a very mindful person. I don't I don't remember him super well, but I I remember he had a great sense of humor. He was he was a most interesting person. He drove this old black Studebaker. Now it wasn't old at that time. He got this brand new black shiny Studebaker. And he was so proud of it and he would talk about this car and show it off and and everything but he he loved his grandchildren that's the one thing i remember and he would come and spend time with us and laugh and tell us stories and and show us our his car and we'd always tease him and we'd say oh that's an old tin can well he was a spiritual person there's no doubt about that i'd love to be able to talk about mindfulness with seymour But I'm fortunate because I can talk about mindfulness with Melissa Mattern. Melissa was featured in episode 41 on Mindfulness Mode. It was called Reach Your Inner Mindfulness 
through the psychic genius. And that's what Melissa is known as, the psychic genius. It's great to have Melissa join us. Melissa, do you have any stories about spirituality? I do. You know, it's really factored. It's been such a big factor in my life from the time I was a little girl. I actually, uh, I think I've said this to you before, I'm a recovering Catholic. (laughs) Oh, I grew up very much in the Catholic Church. And although I knew it wasn't for me, um, I knew that I enjoyed that solitude and that quiet and that energy that I got by being kind of alone in a church and being among, you know, kind of uh, spiritual things. And so it was really birthed there and uh, continued all through my life, including really being out in nature. I became an alpine climber at the at the ripe old age of 40. I delved into a young person sport and, you know, again, found my spirituality by just being outside and being alone and taking step after step. And that really led me into where I am today, more in mindfulness and meditation and sort of away from more organized religion. So can you explain? Explain what that really means. You found your spirituality. Explain that in depth. Well, Bruce, I accidentally meditated. Oh, you accidentally, <laughs> because you were mountain climbing, yeah. you were doing your thing, yeah. right? I was not a meditator. I, if you, if you would be in a room with me for five seconds, I'd be getting you a cup of coffee, myself a cup of coffee, you know, petting the cats and uh, delivering the U.S. mail all at the same time. And I found myself out alpine climbing and the way you get up um, six or 7,000 feet when you're when you're 40 plus years old and you're climbing a 25 years old, year olds is one step at a time. And I found myself just putting one foot in front of the other and getting into that rhythm. And before I knew it, I was 5,000 feet up and three or four hours had gone by and I had been quiet. And that was a totally new thing for me. Wow. And so I really delved back in and started to really um, peel back some of the layers of my life, do a lot of healing and reconnect with myself and reconnect with my spirituality. And I was able to take it back home and apply it uh, into my everyday life. And now I'm a regular in the chair meditator. Uh, and and it, it's just as powerful as being outside. Oh, wow. And, you know, I always loved being outside, too. And when I was a kid, I think I discovered meditation just by riding my bike, you know, like I just mm-hmm. I just loved it, loved it, loved it. And it was just something I just I would get into this state of just t- complete bliss at times. You know, I've, I've mentioned this in other shows where I was just, you know, really enjoying the fresh air and nature and, you know, and it was just great. But, you know, I I went to a Protestant church when I was a kid and there was always talk about the Holy Spirit and spirit and so on. And I always thought, what does that really mean? Exactly what is that? And I mean, I kind of thought I knew, you know, but then I would not know. And what do you think the Holy Spirit is when it relates to to religion in that form? Do you think it's very similar to the spirituality we're talking about? I think it is. I think it's what allow. I think it's what allow. It's allowed organized religion to um, to persist and to um, continue to be a viable place for people to go and get their spirituality on a regular basis in an organized manner. Manner because it's that feeling. It's that feeling of your heart filling up. It's that feeling that you're walking on air. It's that feeling that you're not alone and you're a part of the collective unconsciousness. And if you're sitting in a church, then it may be the Holy Spirit. If you're sitting outside, it may be the universe or God. It's whatever you make it. But it's the same energy that we call it raising the vibration. 
you know, particularly when you hear a, a choir sing or lots and lots of music or lots of people praying or uh, making the same universal sound together, that raises the energy. And for me, that's the Holy Spirit becoming uh, is right in the room with you. Right. As much as, you know, in the Bible, they say that, you know, there were there were doves that came. I just feel like they're they're all over the place. And you feel that energy really raise when you get in that group. That's oh, why you're yeah. so much more powerful when um, you go and meditate with people or do some sort of activity with people. It raises the vibration. So what do you think it means when when you get a chance to meet someone who says, no, 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 I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any of that stuff. Does that just do you think that just really means that they've never felt any of those feelings before? Well, you happen to ask the exact right person because one of my very, very best friends from forever is huge in the atheist community. Uh And we have incredibly spirited debates and uh, that are not fueled by anger or alcohol or I'm right, you're right. They are generally uh, really to delve into how the other person feels. And I spend a lot of time saying, well, if there is no God, why do you spend so much time trying to tell people that? Why don't you just accept it? Whereas I just accept that there is a God. So I think they just get in a place where that almost becomes their religion, that there is no God. And for, for whatever reason, they've gotten to that place. And I can only hope that they can accept some kind of other energy and they're just naming it. But with this particular person, he's incredibly adamant. And we have a great time. And I think I spend I, I, my my wish is to pass away 10 minutes before him just so I can come back and say, nah, 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 I was right. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because a couple of people who I know that profess to be atheists, I'm, I, I've been very good friends with some people who do, and and we've had some really in depth discussions, and I found the same thing too that it's almost like they're really, really um, passionate to the point that there's almost some anger there or there's almost some like, oh my gosh, you know, you just have to believe this. There is no God, you know, and, and I'm kind of like, that's really interesting because I, I kind of see it the way you, you described it, that if they really feel that way, then so why aren't we like totally relaxed about the whole thing? So there is, there isn't, you know, whatever, like in a way that's what mindfulness is, is just chilling right just being right. relaxed accepting things the way they are the way we see them not worrying not stressing out or if we do have anger we just kind of see that we have anger and we look at it and accept it was that what mm-hmm. you would say absolutely well one of my things that i i like to say to this person is to loosely quote shakespeare me thinks the atheist doth protest too much <laughs> <laughs> So, we, you know, of course, you can always use humor to sort of open up the lines. But it's I, I think being spiritual is more about allowing than seeking. In my younger days, you know, I'm, I'm 50. I'm the ripe old age of 51. So my life is one third over. And I <laughs> and I think, you know, it's become more about allowing and more about listening than seeking. It's become more about um, acceptance than uh, than, you know, trying to get people on my side. And sometimes I just sit back in the big, easy chair of life and let it let it go by and say, you know, it's going to settle where it settles. And um, I, I, I wish I could think of the direct quote of are you patient enough to let the let the mud settle so that you can see clearly. Right. 
And, and you know what I want to, I just want to cut in here for a second and say that if you're listening to this and you profess to be an atheist, it's that's fine. It's not like mm-hmm. it's not like I don't accept people who have different religions, different uh, ways of looking at things. It's very much the opposite. I'm very open and accepting. I think I, I see myself that way and I believe I am very open and accepting. And if you are a person who says you're an atheist or or whatever, or an agnostic, like, I just want to talk with you. I just want to share and learn from you and see your, your way of thinking about things. And, and I know that you meet so many different people, Melissa, and so many of them are curious about spiritualism, aren't they? Absolutely. And, and, you know, when it comes to people who are right, they're agnostic or they're really hardcore Catholic or whatever, you know, we're all here to create the conversation and bring the conversation forward. And if we all agreed, we wouldn't, we'd only need one of us. And they also, uh, they ask me to raise my own game and look at my own beliefs and be constantly uh, shedding layers that don't serve me anymore and really looking toward uh, learning new things and raising my own energy and my own level of knowledge for sure. I mean, I, if I love, there's nothing like a spirited debate with somebody who's in polar opposite. And I'm in a business of, you know, I work as an intuitive reader. People will walk in and say, I don't believe in you. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, well, I believe in me enough for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got the humor, which is just awesome. Like you're so, so funny and you're so relaxed. And like who wouldn't want to just sit and chat with you and learn more about themselves through you? I think it's really awesome. And you're doing so much on Periscope. You're doing so many live streams, right? Tell us about that. Well, it's been an incredible incredible opportunity for me to uh, meet with people that I would never meet any other way and reach them in a way that's so kind on both of our ends. For everything I give out when I'm broadcasting or answering questions, I'm getting it back tenfold and I'm reaching people and people are reaching me that we're really taking it to a new level. And especially I get asked a lot of the same questions over and over. So it really solidifies how I feel about what I'm doing. And and also, like I mentioned, I want to learn more and I think the the live stream, um, the the explosion of live stream has made it so much easier to reach different people and and bring us kind of to an, a whole new place of communication. And as much as people like to say that electronics alienate people, uh, this is a way that we can connect in a totally different way that makes great sense. Yeah, we sure can. Yeah, connecting with people is just incredible how you can do it online these days that's for sure well i found this quote melissa and i want to run it by you because when i searched online i searched spiritualism and mindfulness a lot of quotes came up by Thich Nhat han and mm-hmm. this is one of them he says at any moment you have a choice that either leads you closer to your spirit or further away from it what's your comment on that that's that's my whole day yeah. In fact, you know, I've been debating getting a tattoo, and that that's another great tattoo. Uh, I really look at that every day between parenting. This has not been the best year for me with my older daughter. And as I've approached it that way, that every moment I have a chance to get closer to my spirituality and I get a, I get a chance to get closer to love, it's allowed me to get close to her and get over that teen rage and get over that, I can't believe I birthed this child. <laughs> and it, it, it comes up in my relationships. It comes up in how I, I interact with the world and how I bring people into my life and even how I release people in my life. 
that this person isn't serving me. I'm not serving them. It's time to let them go with love and send them on their way. That's my choice every minute of every day. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Ask around. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, being by being, the bag is filled. And every time you make a mindful choice, you're not only bringing that to yourself and the people that you interact with, but you're putting that vibe out in the world. And that's how we're going to change this big ball. Mm. Yeah, well, my son's a young teenager. He's only 14. And he teaches me a lot about mindfulness, actually, just by being who he is, by being the person he is. And he has this incredible calmness about him. And so I really appreciate that. Well, of course, I have always thought that I can learn a lot about mindfulness and spiritualism from children because they have this this naturalness about them. They They haven't been you know, tainted with this whole human thing like, no, no, you have to be this way, you have to be that way, you have to fit into these these boxes. Tell me about your experience with young children and spiritualism. Well, they're, you know, they're right from heaven. They're, they've come on earth, they, they don't have any experience. And when you see a baby smile at nothing, they are really, they're really fully in love. Yeah. And so I learned so much from, from even especially two and three year olds, because they'll say anything, they'll do anything, they fall down, and they look to their, they look to the parent to see, should I cry or not? And if you <laughs> just pick them up and set them back, back up, then off they go, and they, they don't get that. So I've learned so much from kids and how they will just love, they, you know, they look in the mirror and they love themselves. Yeah. They don't look and go, oh, I have my nose is too big. My ears are weird. I need a haircut. They look and just love themselves. And especially when they're going through that period where they can't get enough of themselves in the mirror. I, I would love to, I, I love to bring that to myself once in a while and not look and say, oh my gosh, I've got another gray hair. I look yeah. and go, wow, I'm magnificent. <laughs> yeah, it is amazing what kids are like that way that they just... Well, you talked about letting go and allowing and, and kids just have that built in and, and surrender is a word that we haven't mentioned, but surrender, kind of like just letting it go. It's something that kids seem to have a lot of the time, don't they? They do. And I, I Bruce, the moment I learned true surrender happened about, oh, I think it was 14 months ago when my daughter got her license and I sat in the passenger seat with her as a licensed driver for the very first time. And I just went, this is the ultimate surrender. This is my child. This is me. And she's moving three gajillion pounds of steel down a city street. I can't believe it. And I I went to tell her what to do. And I just said, just sit back and breathe and let her do it. And she Mm -hmm. was, I could feel her energy shift when yeah. when we took off and I thought it was going to be the scariest moment of my life and it was really a beautiful beautiful moment I wish it was out in the woods and there were birds and fairies and yeah. the heavens opened up and there was a unicorn but it was a uh, it was in a Prius <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's it's just amazing isn't it when you let go when you surrender that you just feel this complete peace this relaxation and i mean the the universe is not going to be different if we don't do that technically i mean the thing is you can worry you can stress out you could have sat there in the passenger seat and just been a mess but things are just going to go on and it's way better to just do what you did right and it not and she'll tell you it's not like that all the time Uh, (laughs) but it is you know for those times when we've gotten in the car I've really felt like wow this is a big moment for her it's a big moment for me and it's a big moment for both of us yeah 
Yeah, for sure. Well, the first show I did on my my weekend shows was about vulnerability and i was thinking well vulnerability and spiritualism there's there's a connection there do you think you have to kind of let yourself be a little bit vulnerable in order to really allow yourself to experience spirit i completely agree with that sentence if you let out, if you take out the word a little bit the okay. word's a little bit yes. you really have to open yourself and be vulnerable and be willing to be hurt because for big reward there is big risk and you know right. for example this was not a great year with my daughter we had a period of separation where mm-hmm. she went to live with her dad and I, my heart literally ached every second mm-hmm. And I would go up in her room and smell her clothes and, mm-hmm. you know, just hang out in her room and, you know, vacuum up her sunflower seeds. And, and my heart ached, but I knew I needed to do it. And so when we were, when we began to reconnect, uh, it just it, it exponentially the love opened up and not just my love for her and our relationship, my love for the entire world opened up. Wow. That's great. Yeah, and well, and yeah, coming out of control is I'm just looking at the present that I gave her. But coming out of the control is I sat down with a book and I wrote down a million things I love about my kid. And I listed crazy things like we both hate camping, but we go anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, we both like crispy tortillas. And I gave that to her for Valentine's Day. And that's really what healed things with no expectation that she would come back. Right. That's well, and that's probably the important thing, no expectation. And then things got better from there, right? Oh, they've been incredible. And the last thing I wrote in the book was uh, the thing that I love about you most that is that our story, the rest of our story is yet to be written. Right. Well, I, I uh, wrote kind of like a mini little book for my dad called uh, The 90 Reasons I Love My Dad <gasps> on his 90th birthday. But the thing is... I I have to admit that like I put a lot of thought and a lot of of myself into it but I didn't share it with anybody. Mm-hmm. I only I did it and then I thought a lot about it. I thought, you know, is this something that I should share? Will this be a negative? Is this a good thing to do? And I thought, you know what? This is probably just an experience that I needed to have. You know, I needed to go through this thought process, think of this and and do this. And maybe it's just not something that needs to be shared. But there was a lot of spiritualism that kind of went into that, that I felt as I was writing that because I was I was looking into myself. I felt like I was looking into my dad. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And when I wrote that, I didn't tell anybody else in the family. I told I told people on Periscope because I thought it was such a great Valentine's Day idea. And oh, I had yeah. some listeners do it. And I don't think I don't think any of my family saw those periscopes because they they said nothing, right. and that was between us. And she sat on when she got it, she sat on the steps for about ten minutes while I was working and didn't say a word. And I just left it on her bed. And she said, "I love that you get this little stuff." Yeah, wow. And that, that's it's huge. And yes. there's something about putting pen to paper. You know, when you name it, you claim it. And yep. I think the biggest thing is old fashioned pen to paper. I just don't get the same charge when mm-hmm. I type things into an online journal. I need a yeah. pen. Yeah, it makes a big difference. It's a different part of your brain that's activated. They say that, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, I love talking to you because of your humor and your, you know, I already mentioned that about humor, but what do you think about humor and spiritualism? Do you think if we just kind of kick back and relax and laugh and just let ourselves enjoy life, that there's more chance of us connecting with spirit? 
Oh, absolutely. First of all, the ultimate comic is God. You know, just when you think you've got it together, God's like, oh, that's funny. Watch I this. I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Some days I just think, oh, man, that was funny, God. You know, like that was just incredible. You're just laughing your head off at me with what just happened here. Yeah. yeah that, I totally it's, and, think so. I think it relaxes people. You know, they think that when when you start to think about, first of all, to drop the G bomb of God, some people, you know, right right there, you've got them in the on the ropes. Mm. But and then you even if you talk about spirituality or the universe, they're like, I don't know, I'm not religious, I'm not this, I'm not that. They spend a lot of time declaring what they're not. Mm-hmm. And I think this this uh, second third of my life, I'm looking not at what I'm not, but what I am, and what does my life mean and where do I want to be? And I'm in the midst of becoming a certified meditation teacher through uh, my meditation teacher, David G. And I'm writing a paper that, that says, you know, what's your winning game and what is your winning game be? You know, what is it and how is it serving you and how is it not serving you? You need to shift it. So I'm doing a ton of self-examination right now and it's a blast. Oh, that's great. That's really, really good. Yeah, I love I'm doing a lot of writing and so it's the same kind of thing self-examination. I'm I'm really enjoying the process because it does make a big difference when you just sit down and write and think about where you want to go, where you've been, you know, different aspects of your life. And so, yeah, and it is part of being vulnerable, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. You, when you rip up your when you rip your heart open, you let so much yeah. more in. And you know, I'm at the age now where and, and at the level of experience that it's, it's, I can take lots of risks. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been hurt. I've been up, I've been down, I've been hurt. And I, and I'll take the ups and downs over the mediocre any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love the way you, I love the way you chat with people on Periscope and the way you, you know, you seem to be able to engage people in a way that most people can't. And that's probably because of the, spiritualism that you have and that you believe in but when when you everybody knows you're the psychic genius melissa (laughs) and then you start talking about god does it does it give a lot of people like a start and they're thinking like what is this about Totally. I, I think I surprise I, I surprise myself a lot because they think, you know, I'm going to have cards and a crystal ball or whatever when you say psychic genius. And uh, and then when I come up and say, well, I work for God, that's my boss. I just ask him. I got to ask the boss. <laughs> and the biggest thing about what about the shift in my life is I went through an incredible training when I, you know, you don't run to the psychics table on career day in high school. This is something that comes up later. And when I sort of went through and trained, I trained with a lot of master teachers. The overall theme is you've got to check your ego at the door. Mm-hmm. And I ha- I can have no no ego when I'm when I'm speaking or working. And my ego pops up all the time, and I have to acknowledge it and say, how can I handle this a different way? But mm-hmm. I thought I would just be checking my ego when I worked and when I do readings. But when I started checking it in my life as much as I could, every suddenly everything became easy. Mm. You know, everything that the, the sharp edges, a lot of the sharp edges went away and a lot of what I used to get worked up about and wake up at two o'clock in the morning to relive, that stuff faded away and the good stuff came in. Right. Wow. Well, you've made a lot of changes in your life, but don't you do your uh, periscopes at regular times so your your tribe can check in with you? I'm pretty regular. And I, I'm usually on about nine o'clock in the morning and I go on a couple times at night to kind of 
catch some different people. It depends on the energy. If something big happens, I might hop on. But uh, it keeps me – I'm kind of a, a regular gal. I, mm. I meditate at the regular time. I kind of get mm. up at the same time and kind of fit that in. And sometimes I'll, I'll find myself panicking like, oh, I'm not going to make my 9 o'clock deadline. Then I'm like, just breathe. You know, the bright people are going to be there mm. no matter what time you're on. Right. And thank, you know, thank God and the universe for replays too. Oh, yeah, for sure. So is that 9 o'clock Pacific? It's nine o'clock Pacific, usually right around nine o'clock a.m. Pacific on weekdays, and on the weekends I'm usually on on Saturday mornings. There's lots of cool events like Scopers Unite and a few other things that are uh, kind of bubble up. And I, Sunday I tend to take off uh, just so I can hang out with my family. And mm. but yeah, and occasionally I'll go on at night, and then I have a regular show on Blab. I like to be on those multi channels, Bruce. Mm. Uh, I'm on Blab, and we talk about it's um, about intuition, and it's for people who might think that they're intuitive, and they think that maybe something is wrong with them, and they want to come to a super supportive forum where you're not the weirdo, you're, and we'll talk to you about anything, and possibly advise you on ways to sort of process what's going on with you, whether it's uh, a burst in spirituality, a crisis in spirituality, or you know suddenly you've become clairaudient. Well, where, how do we find you on Blab? What's your, your ID? Uh, it's at Whispers Melissa. It's the same as Periscope. Oh, they're both, both the same. places. Yeah, they're both, both the whispers. same. Whispers Melissa. Yeah, that's that's really descriptive. I love that. <laughs> you know, it's been awesome chatting with you about spirituality and mindfulness and how they, they tie in. And they're, I mean, they're to, it's not just that they're tied in. They're like almost like totally one. But it's great to talk with you about this, Melissa. So, um, yeah, we're going to kind of wrap it up. But any last words? Oh, well, first of all, I appreciate the forum that you've given me. You know, we totally met by chance through another person, and I love what you're doing and what you're putting out in any way I can support it. Uh, I will always do that. And I want to thank everybody for listening to what we have to say and asking questions. And if we make even just one person pause and and bring a little joy or a little spirituality into our life, you know, we can. we've done our job. We've done the job God asked us to do today. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I just want to thank you so much for what you're doing. I mean, you're really spreading the word and connecting with people. This is fantastic. So all the best to you, Melissa. We'll talk again soon, I'm sure. All right. Thanks, Bruce. I'll see you out there in the universe. Okay. Bye now. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.